Hello, my name is Tanai and I'm a women's intimacy and empowerment coach. For years, I tried to heal what I thought was commitment phobia, and I realized that there's actually no such thing. This podcast is an opportunity to have conversations about what gets in the way of us creating real intimacy, and how can we have more deep and vulnerable connections in our relationships. This is Commitment Phobe. Hello, everybody. Before we dive into this episode today, first, I just want to say thank you so much to everyone that tunes in every week to listen to me talk or me talk with awesome people. And I also want to share with you an opportunity if you're a woman and you want to experience me in person, experience my coaching, I'm going to be leading an incredible retreat in Mexico, which is where I've been living, called Wild, Ugly, Beautiful. It's a self-love retreat for women who want to embrace the parts of themselves that they feel shamed of or that they want to hide and celebrate who they are exactly as they are. It's an opportunity for you to leave your life behind, leave the familiar, the stories that you associate yourself with and immerse yourself in a beautiful space with other women where you get to express yourself fully, shed all those stories about yourself that don't serve you so that you can leave with the tools to love yourself, all of you, unconditionally. Ah, it's gonna be so magical in a beautiful space, just an hour and a half south of of Mexico City. There's a Temascal, there's a pool, it's a beautiful villa. We got some amazing guest teachers coming to do things like breath work and movement. And it's just an incredible space to get outside of your usual and dive into the uncertainty of stepping into a sacred space with other women who will instantly turn into your best friends. For more info on that, you can go on my website, tanaimilgram.com, or you can message me on Instagram if you want to talk about it. I love talking to people. Reach out to me. Let's talk about how you want to feel immense love for yourself and stop being weighed down by all the shame and guilt and all those stories that mostly our inner critic is coming up with that are just garbage. Hopefully I will see you in my inbox on Instagram or um, find more info on my website. Well, hello everybody. This episode is so hilarious. Like it's taken me and Chloe, like maybe like a year to actually make this happen. And even tonight for me and morning for her, cause she's in Bali, it almost didn't happen. She was in the waiting room for like 20 minutes. I was in a different Zoom room, like Zoom didn't let me know. We weren't anyway. Here we are finally making this happen. <laughs> We've arrived finally. So I'm very excited to have Chloe on today because Chloe and I worked together for over a year, I think like a year and a half that you were working with me one-on-one. She's not only been a client, but is also a friend. We've had so many memories together in person already, which is rare, you know, because we don't like our lives don't really cross paths that much. No, but it feels like they do also. Like, I feel like we work together and then it morphed and evolved into a really deep friendship, which I am so grateful for. Also, fun fact, Chloe and I have the same birthday. Same year, same day. Yeah, literally same day, same year, different locations in the globe. But in many ways, we do resonate with each other's soul journey and that we're, you know, kind of facing the same harsh shit at the same time. And and are kind of here in this 
planted to like bring similar things and learn similar things. So, so happy to have you on the show. Why don't you tell my audience who you are, what you bring to this world and where you are right now? Yeah. um, I'm so happy to be here. Finally. I feel so giddy. It's exciting. Yeah. So happy to be here. Uh, I'm Chloe. I'm a tattoo artist in based in Denver. I have a shop there and have lived in Denver um, for about 13 years. Yeah, I feel like um, the overarching theme is, yeah, it's my practice as a tattooer. I I definitely have kind of come into the industry with, with a little bit of a different flavor and um, built my own business and shop with this um, background in personal development and mindfulness and consciousness and some of the things that I personally am so committed to, interested in, low-key obsessed with in my personal life. So I feel like I bring mindful creativity, tattooing, um, space, energy to the world, I guess. Yeah, I also teach a, ta- a course in, in tattooing that's like based in mindfulness and consciousness within the industry and kind of creating a new space for all of that. Yeah, I'm currently in Bali for three months and and kind of this year moving around a little bit more to figure out where I might be part-time between Denver and somewhere else. Beautiful. Yes, that nomadic life. I'm going through a real big change of seasons in my life and it feels so good. Everything feels like it's opening up and the business is good and things are so taken care of at home for me to be here for three months. So it's really divine. I have so much gratitude. When we started working together, you were in a, you were ending a relationship before 0.5 years and uh, it, it felt like it was coming to a close for you, but you weren't so sure about that. Or I guess like you weren't fully aligned, you know, yet there's a lot of conflicting thoughts and feelings for you. Um, so why don't you bring us back to that time of your life? Where were you? <laughs> what was going on for you? Uh, Wow. Yeah. I mean, I guess that was like a few years ago now. Um, It's so funny. I feel like the end of that relationship was so aligned. It's just, I needed to get like so far into it to really be sure. And in retrospect, yeah, the ending, um, I think for, for both of us and wishing like all the, the best and well for him, I think it was long overdue. And where I was at in that space, I think when I think about it right now, I just feel like I, I feel younger, like that energy feels younger. I mean, I was literally a few years younger, but also I was just in the process of building out made and had just found, which is my tattoo shop, had just found, um, had signed the lease, was starting on the biggest business endeavor of my life. Kind of, yeah, unhappy in my relationship for, it just wasn't aligned for a long time, but also we had so much closeness and so much friendship and so much love. So it wasn't super obvious or easy to make the choice to really um, get complete there. And I think I was, I believe I'm always going to be growing for sure and have just felt like a new chapter of growth completed and entering a whole nother chapter of growth right now. But I think, yeah, I think I just felt a lot more young in my self-discovery, in my alignment with myself, with my body, with my needs, my desires, my hopes, dreams, my relationship to higher power, to mantras, energy. Yeah. I just feel like I've come a long way since then. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. So, you know, when I felt into what to bring you in for, and I was, I started reading all of your check-in sheets, you know, cause I have like over, yeah, I have like over 25 of your check-in sheets of what you were learning every week, right? Like what did you discover that week? 
And what was really clear is that you were discovering all your people-pleasing tendencies. Yeah, (laughs) big time. But what's funny, and I can so resonate with this, is that you didn't really think you were a people-pleaser because you're such an independent person and thinker and rebel. And I'd love for you to talk about that. Like, bring us into that mentality of like, why was it clear for you that there were all these places where you were actually putting everybody else first? Wow. Great question. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is I've always felt really lucky. I feel like I grew up with a dad who, who was bipolar depressive. There was a lot of heavy stuff going on in my family. My brother struggled and he's now we're super close he's now like living his best life but I just really young witnessed shadows and darkness on a really real level and so I I always had this notion that like I'm so lucky I'm so lucky that I'm healthy I'm so lucky that I have mental I mean relative like had to impact a lot of trauma since then but have have like a certain level of mental stability and so I think that there was a part of me that just felt like, what? But I I just pursue all these things in my life. I am so grateful to be an artist and step into my power as a creative and also my confidence there. I have the opportunity to open a shop and I'm just so lucky. So how could I be? So I have to give back. I have to make sure I'm giving. I have to make sure I'm paying it forward. Yeah, and I think that because I... I dream really big. I love to just jump into things. I love to try things. Um, it felt in a way like I was really just following my own dreams all the time. But I, I do think I was aware of like the mothering I was doing, the caretaking, fear of rocking the boat because rocking the boat for me in childhood meant explosive family dynamics, traumatic blowouts, you know, just bad, bad, bad news. And so my inner, my nervous system and my inner child was like, whatever we can do to keep things, we learned that whatever we can do to keep things level, safe, easy, keep other people happy. I don't necessarily have to be, but if other people are happy, no one's going to explode. Nothing's going to, it's not going to be, it's like life or death in that way. Yeah. So it was like so ingrained, you know, it's like, it's, it's so ingrained that you don't even notice it, even though you're kind of aware. Yeah. That's such a good way of putting it. And you would just never imagine that that you're responsible for that, right? That like you're the one that's actually choosing to neglect some parts of yourself in order to keep the peace. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And so part of that, like a symptom of that for you was was then how um, easily irritated you'd get by other people. There was you like feeling energy pulls from people, from your friends and from you know, lovers and, and like needing, and like you came in wanting to like set boundaries, um, and also really triggered by people's comments. So like, what did you discover in that? In, in like, what was really behind all those like energetic pulls that you'd feel from people? I think there was a mix too, of being a tattoo artist, talking to people a lot who are like, and I'm again, I'm so grateful because my business has done really well. People have massive desire to be tattooed by me. How lucky am I? You know, again, how lucky am I? So I have to give back, right? Um, and tattooing is this thing where every single individual, essentially paycheck for me or project or client is one human. So I'm constantly doing with dealing with tons of people and their needs and their desires and, you know, on a very individual basis. And so I think there were, I could feel between that and like growing on social media and people in my life who would like 
hold for time with me, which in retrospect, I'm like, how, you know, yeah, it feels vulnerable to say this, but like, yeah, how amazing is that? It just was a lot to be with. And I didn't feel comfortable saying no or taking care of myself in what my hard nose were, what my boundaries were, or staying home because I didn't have the energy in me to go, go out or go to this dinner that I committed to, or do this thing that I'd said yes to without dropping in or thinking about it. I mean, I feel like what I realized is that it's actually, I'm safe to set boundaries. It's important for me to say no, if I don't, nobody else will. And um, actually the thing that I'll share that that's this, that's still really recent. Like, I feel like my, the relationship I had after that, that relationship, which um, has kind of come to a completion is I learned the lesson again, where I sacrificed some, some really important needs for myself. And that was my choice. I wanted to see if we could like work it out. Um, But I had some really big needs that weren't getting met. And actually 90 days ago, 90 days ago, tomorrow, I got into AA and my journey with sobriety, the biggest thing that I'm seeing is how my level, my, my tank, my, my capability of, of giving, of being with people, of being in social situations is so much lower than I ever, ever, ever knew. And so in those years when I started working with you, um, since I started drinking when I was like in my teens or whatever, it was a mask for me that didn't even let me see how little I was, you know, how much alone time I actually need, how much I do get overstimulated, um, how much I'm sensitive to other people's energy. And that is a huge, I'm just now learning this about myself and I'm 30 and really seeing like, wow, grounded quiet time is unbelievably important for me saying no to things. If it doesn't feel like a full body, yes, is crucial. I learned really young that it was, it could get really dark really fast. If, if people weren't happy with how I was showing up and at the drop of a hat, things could change and people can get really upset and it's really scary. So, you know, it never felt safe. And then alcohol was also a way that I would just kind of numb out the over stimulation or the unavailability that I might be feeling. And it's kind of actually wild that we're talking about this because I feel like it's actually really kind of full circle to where I'm at now and some serious clarity that I'm getting around it. Yeah. Isn't it cool to hear back like where you were and then notice, oh my gosh, there's been, there's been all this journey that's gotten me here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean like literally, and this, this isn't too vulnerable to share, so I'm going to, I'm going to read it. But like another, another thing that you discovered was how exhausting not speaking your truth can be beating around the bush in conversation. Like, and I just said the, this is a mind blown hand for anyone, for everyone listening. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel that in my chest so much when you say it, like, I feel that so hard and it's so, I'm so grateful to be with the the sisters and friends I am here because they're all really tapped into this work and recovery and stuff like that. But just the other day we were at a sisterhood, we were at co-working, there were six of us and we had put aside time to have a share and all connect. Um, One person shared, another person shared, and then it was my turn to share and I shared and I noticed my body and it's like that exhaustion, like my body started to seize up after my share. I felt like, I feel like metal grinding on metal. I can't listen anymore. I'm complete. Like I can, it's an, it's really intense and it's just like, Ooh, I'm done here. 
And so I spoke it and I was like, Hey, can we either pause the sharing until later? Because I feel like I need some time to like put my headphones back and dive back in my work and be quiet with myself. Or can you guys keep sharing? And I'm just going to go to a different table and take good care of myself. And like, so tune out. And they were like, oh my God, of course, go to the other table. Take good care of yourself. We love that you're setting these boundaries. Like, yes. but yeah, it's exactly that. I think my my body feels it. It's desperately exhausted when I don't, when I beat around the bush. It's like so in misalignment that I can't take it. And so I would totally drink to ignore that. Yeah. What you're naming is so important and big because A, like the more that you follow your truth, the more sensitive you are to not following your truth. I can so relate to that. I mean, I like right now I'm at a place where I barely even sell because selling just like literally just does not feel good in my body. Like, like I, I invite people to, it's like very different to say, like I invite people into my programs. I share about what's happening but there is no part of me that's like trying to get people in what I do because it just does not feel good in my body. Like I can't, I literally cannot. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I so hear that the body sensation is massively important. And I think that that's also like with all the subconscious healing I've been doing, working with you, all, you know, all these different modalities I've been diving into the, my subconscious healer that I've been working with was like, Oh, no wonder like alcohol. I mean, it, going to AA was something I thought about, but like, no wonder these things are just going to keep falling away that aren't aligned with you. And for example, the, the not speaking my truth continues to not be, be so unaligned that my body has a physical reaction when I'm not honoring it. And then, yeah, getting, I was, you know, as drinkers go pretty, pretty productive on paper, like a pretty chill drinker, but still I would like numb in my relationship to it was was, I mean, that's a whole other conversation. My relationship to it was to get out of the body sensation because I didn't know how to, oh my God, this is so full circle. I'm like, can I swear on this podcast? This is so full circle. But literally it's just so crazy how afraid I was to speak up. And so I would just numb that body feeling, not speak up. And it was this horrible cycle. And it, it, um, my experience is such that I got to go deep into things that don't work for me, for me to really get the lesson. Mm, wow. And then it's complete. <laughs> I mean, I'm still working. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I get it. There's something about my human design where it's like, I'm meant to fuck up and then like learn and teach everyone else. But it's like, I'm meant, <laughs> I'm meant to be like the martyr in a way of like experiencing it, fucking up, getting like fucked by it and then teaching everyone else. Yeah, absolutely fucked by it over and over. Oh my God. In the beginning of the of, of your introduction, you just shared that, you know, you really care and always cared about personal development and mindfulness. And it's something that you brought into your business. And, you know, when you think about the tattoo industry, you know, you normally think of as like big man, bald, like covered in tattoos, like, you know, like heavy metal, you know? And I'm curious, like, what's been your journey bringing a new kind of just environment and a new um, attitudes? Because I know that's also been a, a challenging spot for you, like bringing new things and, and shaking the norm. Mm, yeah, definitely had to deal with some people pleasing things there. Got massively, massively worked on a little social media canceling moment that was so much to be with and totally tied into these themes. But 
to answer your question, I think it's been just the most profound journey, my career. I love it. I've God, I have so much, I have so much gratitude for how it's evolved. And I can't help but live my life in a way that my personal development and healing and mental, emotional, and spiritual growth just bleeds into everything I do. I, I feel like that's a common for a lot of people, but I feel so passionately passionate about these things. And so they really naturally have bled in to the industry that I happen to work in that happens to be um, definitely more of a traditional world to exist in. And I really, you know, I have so much respect for this industry. I've, I'm not the best, nor will I ever be. Tattooing is this crazy intimate thing. It's this, as an artist, it's this intimate exchange. You have these crazy cosmic connections with people. I mean, my clients all the time, we get into really deep stuff together or they come to me for whether it's a playful tattoo they want or a really meaningful one, it always ends up being this really potent exchange of energy. And so my experience from what I can hear from my clients, from my following on social media, from my, the artists that work at the shop that I have, people are aching for this kind of connection and mindfulness within the industry. They want it. They need it. They want to be, we all just want to be seen and loved and, and heard. And that unfortunately is something that isn't necessarily part of the experience for a lot of people who get tattoos. And there's amazing, there's amazing tattooers out there. So, oh my God, so many traditional, non-traditional, whatever. And there's also, um, in my opinion and experience, there's a lack of awareness of what's going on of people's bodies and their needs and their safety and comfort. I think that's part of why, and thank you, God, Goddess, Universe, Spirits, Angels, Guides for the abundance, but that's why my business has worked because I really care and people can feel that. So they're like, bet, I want to work with you. I, I'll wait. And the artists that work at Made, I've called in people who fucking care and who are so talented and loving and playful and and fun to be around and want to make sure you have a great experience. And I think that, you know, tattooing, you're like marking people's bodies permanently. You have to speak up as a client. You have to ask for what you, you want. I mean, there's so many personal development threads in there. So it just naturally has come together. And I teach a course that's all about bringing, I mean, teaching people how to tattoo in a really mindful way. And that caused some big rifts when I launched that last year. And I, I took it hard on social media and I learned so much. And the bottom line was like, I can't please everybody. And it's really not my job to, it's really not my job to make sure that you're okay with this course that I'm posting and the integrity of it. Um, it's really just my job to take care of my students, to put my all into what I'm teaching them to give them as much knowledge as possible to hold them to really, really high standards because of the nature of what we're doing um, to focus on them. And that's really all I can focus on and control. And the rest really is not mine, which was a lesson to learn, but man, I learned a lot. I bet you're, you're reminding me of this podcast I listened to by the creator of Poopuri. And she just talks about how she had the luxury of losing everything because she faced her biggest fear. And so that's, that's kind of what I hear here of like, you have the luxury of like not pleasing a shit ton of people and almost like walk through that fire. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 100%. And it's this theme that you brought up is just so 
I'm, I'm kind of floored at how much it exists in my life. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm nailed. But yeah, it was, that's the thing I was trying to be, I always have tried to be conscious of the inclusivity being the first thing and being people's safety and comfort and all that stuff. And it's just funny because the Instagram debacle that went on was just, there were so many things being said about me and how I'm taking advantage of people with this course and scam, you know, it was just this long list of narratives. And um, yeah, I really got to see like, wow, I'm not, especially with the growing business, growing Instagram following this course, I'm not going to be able to please, not everyone's going to like what I'm doing. And that's totally fine. It's really not my problem, which feels so liberating now. Yeah, I want to I want to hear like what impact that left on you. Maybe like in uh, oh just in God. who you are and in other areas of your life. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, uh, the way that I kind of see is like my skin got a little thicker and not calloused. Like my skin is still soft and supple and freckled, but it got a little thicker and in a way for myself because I think that term can or that expression can kind of have like uh heavy barrier wall kind of connotation to it. And I don't mean it that way. I mean it more in a way of just like, this is my business. This is my sphere. This is my choice. This is my space. I have to protect my peace with all of me. And other people's shit is so not mine to take on. And that doesn't mean that I'm any less of caring of a person. Doesn't mean that I'm any less in my integrity. Doesn't mean that I am any less conscious, aware, mindful, loving, not at all. And I think that, oof, just getting goosebumps. I think that that's, that's the thing. And so, and I hired new artists. I went through a hiring process in the last six months at made. And I just got to, I felt so much more comfortable being like, this is what kind of shop we are. This is how we operate here. Non-negotiables. This is what I will ask from you. The rest you can run with. And we prioritize comfort and play and ease and communication. We have no room for, for drama. And I saw in that hiring process how different it was than a year prior when I was hiring people to work at May. And I had scarcity and wanted to people please and just get people on board. And I was like, no, I will wait as long as it takes to fill these booths to make sure it's the right people who are in alignment with what we're doing and what I believe in. Um, and it's not to be dictated by my beliefs. It's just like the energy that I want to bring into my, my life really. And therefore my business and therefore my clients lives because people come in and out of that space every day. So the impact is so big. I'm so much more in a practice of if I feel something's up with someone or this or that, whether it be a friend, family member, a client, I just trust that they're going to come to me if they need something and I don't need to fix everything. I don't need to figure it out. And it's not really mine to yeah to carry either and I will trust that they'll they'll come find me if they need anything and then when they do I will meet them with open arms and take care of myself as we talk about whatever the thing is isn't it funny like how easy it sounds like now right yes yeah, yeah. it just yeah. I, I just I hear so much lightness I just remember you know when when we started working together there were some comments that you know, I think like someone had DM'd you or something and you were so frustrated, like, so just like carrying the weight of this, you know, comment of displeasing somebody. I think what, what people fail to see on the other side, when you, when you are trying to please everybody is the freedom that you get, you know, the freedom that you get from not pleasing, like it's painful, but it's also really freeing. 
oh my God, so free. And, and the really important piece, which I just said is like, it doesn't mean that you're any less present or loving or available or open. That's the plot twist. Like, that's the thing. It doesn't mean that you're free and unavailable or, you know, unreachable. And honestly, if you need and want to be unavailable and unreachable, that's fucking great too. You should be. But in a big picture, it's like, I, I can be free and not caretake others and be unavailable and available when I need and want and meet people where they're at. And yeah, it's so much freer and it doesn't mean you're any less caring of a person. Yeah. I think a lot of people need to hear that one. Yeah. I feel that so hard, so hard. And being free in my opinion is what will actually impact people the most because if i'm free i can show up as the best i can for my clients i can show up the best i can for family i can show up the best i can in relationships or friendships if i'm not free i'm not actually showing up the best i can in my life yeah that's so seems so obvious actually yeah well said well because I don't, freedom is kind of a hard concept to understand, you know, and, and I think most people run away from their fears in order to feel free and don't realize that you kind of have to face them in order. Like you've, you're free from your fears the moment that you feel whatever you're afraid to feel. Yeah. And I will say, you know, I just think it's such a, like, I'm so not perfect. This is such a growing, this is such a continued project or process for me, not project process, you know, it it really is. And I, I still notice my fears come up. My spot, I was just talking to my sponsor before this call, and my spot is with men. Like I'm still get afraid to speak my truth or ask for what I need or, you know, really stand in who I am. And I did that in this past relationship. Like I, I think I definitely did a lot of caretaking in the way that I communicated, caretaking his experience. And um, yeah, so it's funny because this, yeah, this is this is the most amazing topic. Thank you for bringing this mm, up because it, yeah. it through my my life. This is like a big, big, big spot for me, and come a long way. And I also see like little spots where I'm like, all right, some more fears, or if I'm dating, all right, I'm sure the fears are going to come up. And how can I just continue to be myself and be yeah in my truth? Yeah, I I fully believe that we call in people for our healing and for and to bring us back to love for ourselves. A lot of people will run into a challenge and say like, oh, am I still dealing with this? But I think it's like, like this is the invitation to to get even deeper than where, where you were before, you know, to experience even more self-love. When, you know, when you started dating after a 4.5 year relationship, you were just learning to trust yourself. It was like, you know, we were talking about your realization that it's not so much trusting men, but also trusting yourself. Yeah, I remember that. I vividly remember that, Paul. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's that's the thing is the, the personal responsibility portion. Really, it all comes back to me. I'm the one creating my experiences and realities and reinforcing stories or negative narratives. You know, it's like it all comes back to to me, not necessarily, yeah, trusting myself to be my most authentic or to be okay on my own, which I know I am. But yeah, I think that was, that was it. It's like not so much. Well, like taking care of your heart, you know, if it hurts or breaks and, and being on your own, what you'd bring a lot in sharing with us, like what does self-trust mean to you? And, and what have you learned, you know, in these past years about trusting yourself? 
I also just want to add, like, I know in the past years, you've also started developing a relationship with God and, and, and just having that sense that everything's going to work out, you know, cause that wasn't there before. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. God, goddess, universe, spirits, angels, guides is what I say and who I pray to. They're my best friends. I'm obsessed. We talk all day, every day. <laughs> My growing relationship with my higher power is just like literally the most important thing in my entire life. I, I'm so grateful for it. And I think, yeah, um, just, oh my God, it's so good. Also what I'm really seeing with NAA is, you know, it's really a spiritual program, which resonates so much for me. And it's so much more about the spiritual portion than, you know, I have no craving to, to drink. I mean, I never probably won't ever drink again. And so now it's about the spiritual journey of like mind and higher power and trust. I don't, I'd probably have to think about it for a little while, like what, what self-trust looks like for me, but here off the cuff, I would say it's, it's a couple things. One, it's a trust in something bigger than myself. I'm not in control. Like I'm really not. And the more that I can remember that, the more that I can let go, I still need to take steps in life and make efforts. But the more that I can remember that I'm not in control, there's a bigger plan and I'm totally held. I think that that's self-trust because it, it's not actually about me. And I, I will mention like to anyone who's like, oh, or irked or triggered by the word God. Like I used to hate the word God. I was so triggered by religions and 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 the word God in general is just like like really aggressively turned off by it. And now my higher power God is like totally what I make it up to be. And it's the most profound, unconditionally loving, energetic, cosmic angel, ancestor, Mother Earth energy. And it it's like changing my entire life. Self-trust is trusting that I trust my higher power, that I'm held. Trusting yeah, I would say that that's what it is. Yeah. Oh, that's, I love that. That's lovely. Why was it hard for you to do that before? Trust that? Yeah. Why wasn't that present for you? Yeah, I think really very specifically to me, I believe that alcohol was this negative energy in my life and my relationship to it was in the way of me getting in more connection with myself and my higher power. And so on one hand, I think that that was kind of the download I got in the last year was you got to choose, babe. It's either you come up with us and God and the spirits or you drink. And the and if you keep drinking, there will always be a veil between you and, and the spirit world. And I was like, hell no, like fuck alcohol. Like I want to be connected with the ethers and the spirits. And so um, I definitely think it's gotten easier because of that. Like the second I started in AA, I've been getting God shots and my trust has grown exponentially. It's unbelievable. And that's really specific to me. Um, and then I think a part of it was just like, I just wouldn't get quiet enough. You know, I was always, I would, I work really hard. I work a lot. I would distract with other things, distract with issues in my relationship, project that I would look outside of myself for things to calm myself or only, if only that thing over there was okay, or if only my boyfriend would do this, or if only my, my business would go this way, then, then I'll be okay. And so that takes it out of me and it doesn't bring it back to this higher power. It doesn't give me enough time and space to be quiet and breathe and come back to my body. And that's been a whole journey. And I feel like I've come a really long way with it. Yeah. And that's ever growing, but I just think I, I just, 
yeah, I had trust in certain things and other things where my fears would come up would, yeah, my, my trust just wasn't as solid and I'm, it's definitely still growing. I'm hundred percent still working on it. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's kind of like a lifelong practice, right? But it sounds to me like, like the journey has been making more space for your human experience, not numbing it or, or looking outside, right? Cause it's like, if you're not giving yourself quiet time, that's a way of numbing. If you're drinking, that's a way of numbing. It's just like, this shouldn't be this way. I shouldn't feel this way. And I need to do whatever I can to see what's wrong and also not feel my feelings. Yeah. As opposed to just sitting with them, breathing through them, handing them over. Um, the subconscious healing stuff I do is all about my nervous system. Just bringing it back to the simple basics. Am I sad? Am I fearful? Like, what's the emotion? Where does it exist in my body? What do I need? Do I need water? Do I need to pee? Do I need to lay down? Do I need to scream? Like super simple. And those practices have been pivotal for me to see that I can take care. I, I do know what I need. I just need to tune into my body. And, and also this concept of there are no big deals. Like, it's okay. Just there, just one thing at a time, or even when you do something that's a little edgy or say something or take care of yourself or ask for what you need or speak your truth, it's okay. You're safe to do that. If someone has a reaction, that's, that's all right. That's, that's theirs. You know, and all those things I try to do in the most loving way possible. I'm not saying you should like just ragefully be out here speaking your truth. And also if you need to rage, like that's fine too. Just having room for everything. Yeah. Almost like speaking consciously or responsibly. Exactly. 100%. I would say that that's pretty crucial to, to this. You know, if I, if I stay in my integrity and my truth and speak with as much love and, and honesty and, and calm and just like a certain, you know, just grounded tone of voice, then I can just, say anything and hope that I'll be met there and the people that don't like what I do or the course I teach or who I am or whatever will fall away and that's fine we're just not meant to exist in the same spheres and that's totally okay yeah I love that I I, I think it's actually one of the things we talked about of, of of speaking what what would add love remember like it was like you were afraid of saying something and so the question was really like how how will this add love? How will this how is this coming from love and and how will it add love? Yeah, exactly. And I think like even when when speaking up and I don't know, this doesn't always apply apply, but I guess it does. Just just doing the love sandwich when you're sharing something that's kind of hard to share. It's like and I don't mean in a phony way, I just mean in a really genuine way. Like I love you so much and I'm so appreciative for how you show up in our friendship and this thing you said the other day really hurt my feelings and I want to get more connection with you about it which is why I'm telling you or you know whatever it's just like there I think that's the thing is you can set such strong boundaries or stay in your truth and also be so loving like those things can coexist you know you're not like brutally selfish and in your truth or a people-pleasing person who's you know to love it. They're like all those things can, can intertwine. Yeah. It's, it's like, will this bring connection? Right. Cause sometimes I think we can like vulnerability dump on someone or, or, or say something vulnerable, but it's not to bring connection. It's actually to punish them or get back at them or make them wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, yeah, you're pointing to something really important, which is like check in with yourself and ask yourself, 
where is this coming from? What will it add here? Yeah, what's the what's the motive behind it? What are some identities that you've had to give up? Like what are some things that you would strongly associate with that you've had to let go of? No, <laughs> that's so good. Um <laughs> Ooh, okay. Like one of them is like this feels so edgy, you know. I'm like my fears of the internet are coming. I'm like who's gonna listen? I know. To I'm so podcast? grateful that you're like speaking your edges here. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm I'm here for it. Yeah, one of the things that I had to give up was like being the perfect, mindful, conscious, inclusive white woman. Yeah, when I like that whole Instagram thing that happened around my course, there were these there was you know, my whole thing was like, I'm trying to make this accessible to people and, and make the tattooing an industry that people can get into in a safe way, um, all this stuff. And then there were all these things going around about how she's taking advantage of marginalized communities. And, you know, there was just, wow, there were so many things being said that were so painful to hear because I've, I've made inclusivity and personal responsibility and awareness as a white person, a, a really big part of what I'm doing in my career and like my life. And so I had to let go of being the perfect, the perfect inclusive PC white woman. Talk about letting go of people pleasing. Yeah, that's edgy because like I want, it's like I wanted, like God forbid someone think that I, yeah, um, who knows? Yeah, wow, there's so much there, but I just wanted to do it right, you know, and just make everyone feel safe and comfortable and loved and it's not my job to do that. That's one. Um, I think being like easygoing, like low maintenance. I remember that one. Yeah. 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 Like, you know, I got hair extensions. I started getting long nails. I had to do my hair every week. Like, you know, I was just like, no, I'm actually high maintenance as fuck. And it's amazing because I like certain things and I like to take care of my body and I love aesthetics because it makes my visual life experience feel so good and you know I just had to let go of just being the like chill chill like I yeah chill chill easy going low maintenance zero preferences girl um where I'm like I have some really particular preferences <laughs> you know including your need for space you know including your need for for alone time in your apartment. Yeah. And for time for yourself and for a break. Like I know that's something that you've so beautifully owned in the past years, you know, of, of needing to tell people, sorry, but I can't see you or, or no. in in respecting your needs and respecting your space, not being the chill, cool girl that can just do anything. Yeah. I feel like I'm still letting go of this one, but it's like being easy going with my emotions when actually I feel so much. I love so big. I am a very, like, I feel like my life experience is high sensation, which I, I feel myself grounding into more like levelness with that. But yeah, I, I think that that pertains to like men. And I was always afraid that they wouldn't understand that I can be as emotional as I am. And and loving as I am and in my emotions and also be detached or surrendered or present or open, you know, like I was always afraid that that I was just too much. I'm still working on that. You know, that my, I'm just too much. I feel too much. I need too much. I want too much. I love too big. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a big one. Still, still trying to. Yeah. And I think so many of us can really relate to that one. And you bring up such a good point of that association of if you give a lot of love, if you're very expressive or ask for a lot, then there's that association of like, then you're too attached. You're too needy. You care too much. Oh my God. That is. Oof, I can relate. Like I, as a little girl, I just, you know, would unapologetically express my love and then learn to cut that off. And then in my journey of being the heartbroken, not the heartbreaker, I'm just committed to, you know, telling that booty call, like, like, Hey, you were amazing tonight. Like, thank you so much. Like literally, I remember this, this, like my my booty call here, the first time we slept together, I'm like, Oh my God, my body needed that so much. Like, thank you. That felt so good. You know, I like, I really let myself let this man know how much I appreciate him because what's the shame in that? It doesn't make me attached to him. Like, and then, you know, and like, I don't emotionally like feel attached to him. I just love him for sex. (laughs) I love that. So juicy. Yeah. And that's the thing. I feel like that's, that's such a spot. Like I still am finding myself in that spot of like, I swoon. I fucking swoon in life. Like I literally have swoon tattooed on my arm somewhere. But I I do. I swoon over things. I swoon over the beauty of like nature or I swoon over like the scent of a man or his touch. You know, like I yeah, I just swoon over a good tattoo and a clean line. You know, it's like I really aesthetics or space and I feel that's it that's the spot I swoon so hard and like I get afraid that my swooning is too much for people or they're gonna make it mean something wow very real yes but the idea of I'm like what's the I want to know what the definition of the word the exact definition of the word swoon is but the idea of swooning to me is also so (laughs) swoon verb to faint from extreme emotion. Wow. <laughs> and that's that's beautiful. Like, I love this word. Yeah, I, I, that's how I feel. I'm like, oh, you know, things just make me feel so much. And that's, that's great. That's, that's amazing. But I get afraid that that's going to be too much for people. Like my swooning tendencies are going to be too much. Yeah, I so, so hear you. I also think like as women actually i think as everyone it's the rebellious thing to do to feel our feelings and express them now whereas before it was the rebellious or like bad thing to do to not you know yeah well i think it does pertain to women this one actually because men you know men are just getting into feeling and expressing their emotions like as a as the perspective from you know from culture right yeah yeah for women it was like yeah i'm just gonna cut off my emotions and now it's like, no, nah, I'm not going to. I'm actually going to feel them and express them. And yeah, I'm still really grappling with that, you know, really specifically with men. You know, it's like I'm it's it's scary to to let someone see me sw- or I have fear around being seen in my swooning. And yeah, it's vulnerable. It's vulnerable. And it's so magic. I mean, to see someone swoon for anything like it's you're like, wow, you can just feel the delightment and it's just it's like pleasure you know it's like I'm afraid to be seen in my pleasure or something wow Um, yeah I mean it's you're literally open in that moment and I I wanna I'm 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 reading this book by Osho that I really wanna I really want to read this line and it just yeah it just fits so perfectly with what we're talking about 
and it talks about love and pain. And this book is, for anyone listening, this book is Love, Freedom, and Aloneness by Osho. I love Osho. I think, you know, like everything he says just really transforms my life. Why is love so painful? Love is painful because it creates way for bliss. Love is painful because it transforms. Love is a mutation. Each transformation is going to be painful because the old has to be left for the new. The old is familiar, secure, safe. The new is absolutely unknown. You'll be moving in an uncharted ocean. You cannot use your mind with the new. With the old, the mind is skillful. The mind can only function with the old. With the new, the mind is utterly useless. And so if I, you know, fast forward a little bit, basically he says love is fire because love is burning your ego, you know? So, so that's why love is painful because the closer you get to love, like there cannot be love and ego. So, so the closer you get to love, the more pain you'll feel because it's just burning off every bit of your ego that's left. Oh my God. That resonates so much. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and that's, that's wild because literally just before this, I had a call with my sponsor and I was sharing about fears that come up when with like men and like catching feelings and things like that. And the whole thing that she reflected to me, I was like, Oh, I just feel like with my business, I have so much trust. I have so much abundance. Like I I really feel that I, I have, you have a lot of trust in my business. And then she was like, yeah, well, your business, you have more control over relationships, your heart. There's no control. You have no control over the other person. You have no control over your heart and how it's going to feel. And it's, and I was like, so nailed by that. It's like the fire. It's really intense. It's like, how's it going to go? Am I safe to be open and vulnerable? And, And love is, oh my God, it's the most magical thing there is. And it also is just excruciating. Yeah, to be to be in love. Yeah, it is. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, it's excruciating. And there's something about the you know the hopeless romantic in me that's just like, oh my god, it's. But it's so beautiful. It's like the most beautiful, juicy, rich, abundant thing. Excruciating, like high, low, wonderful, stable, beautiful, safe, secure thing out there. Um, It's so many things at once. It does challenge the ego in a big way. Yeah, there just there cannot be ego in love. No, no, yeah, and to be seen egoless is pretty raw and vulnerable. Or to be seen in your emotions or in your swooning, it's like, yeah, you're you're kind of just out there. Yeah, I mean, it's like then the part of you that has to seem strong or put together has to die. The part of you that seems, you know, like basically any way you want to describe yourself is going to is going to be threatened and that is the ego. And then if you threaten that then what you're left with is just pure conscious energy. It's just your soul because you've just killed off your personality, you know? Wow. Yes, that's so good. It's wild. Uh-huh. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and really it's like it's it's surrender. And when you're in surrender, especially with someone new, if you're sharing your swoon or love or energy like that, if you're in surrender, you're not in control. You're just open. You're just, you're, yeah, you don't, it's, it's a, a vulnerable, beautiful place to be. And when I think about being on the receiving end of seeing someone in that way, oh my God, I love it. Like being let in to someone's feelings or their swoon or their emotions or their love and attention. I mean, that's like, 
it's funny because we we're all afraid to do it yet when we see someone in it it's one of the most beautiful things to witness this is so good I know I love this conversation I love everywhere that we've taken it I love that I've got to like as you know as your like former coach it's 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 also just been really nice to witness you recount everything and to get to hear where you are now yeah I was so excited to have you on because there are so many nuggets in your story and so many you know journeys that you've been on and fires that you've walked through that I was excited to to yeah, have you share them and have people that are, have been in, in your place or are now really relate to your story and, and find some hope in your story. Oh my God. I'm so humbled. So humbled. So grateful to be here. Yeah. You've you know been pivotal in that for sure. For sure. And there's so much, there's so much good on the other side of all these things, you know, on the other side of the portals. Oh my God. I'm, and it's like, I'm still beginning. Like I just trust life is going to get even better and all the little fires we walk through we get burned as fuck <laughs> so much better and new skin comes back and we keep going and yeah sounds really kind of like metaphorical and stuff but it's so true it's and it keeps just keeps getting better and I feel like I keep coming home to, to myself and that's, that's beautiful the the soul's journey yes the soul's journey Thank you so much. I'm sure this won't be our last, but thank you so, 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 so much for gracing us. I just said invite me back anytime. Yes, this is so fun. And if anyone wants to follow Chloe, do you just want to say your Instagram handle real quick? Oh yeah, it's Chloe Jane Tattoos. Everything's there. I'm, yeah, I talk about lots of this stuff there more and more as well. Might kind of find another way to talk more about this stuff specifically. Someone told me I should have a podcast, but I was like, I'm, I should never thought about that. Yeah, that'd be fun. Holy Jane tattoos for now. Love you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Mm, my pleasure. Hey, you. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Commitment Phobe. If you like what you heard, make sure to share with your friends, your lovers, your ex-lovers, anyone that you think could benefit from having a conversation like this one. And it would be super helpful if you subscribed and left a five-star rating on iTunes to make sure that this podcast gets spread around to as many listeners as possible and we can start changing the conversation that we have around intimacy and relationships. If you want to find out more information about what I do as a women's coach and some of my other projects that I'm working on, you can find my information in the bio of this episode or you can reach out to me directly on Instagram and shoot me any questions that you have. See you next time.